It has been a while. Well, rusty life happened. Life is always happening. And, <laughs> and this there time goes it the really headphones. came for us. <laughs> I was sick, then you were sick, then you had issues, and I had issues, and then I moved. You moved. You got a new uh, family member. Yep, you have a new puppy. His name's Chubbs. He's the best. So pretty much just everything hit us at once. So we've been MIA. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't really, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's October. It's our time. It's we're our back. Time. We're gonna give you a bunch of episodes this month. Yes, we're well, gonna. I think we're gonna. Yes. No, no. The current schedule plan is to do one episode per week leading up to Halloween, and then November will be two episodes in the month. Ah. Okay, yeah. I have some writing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, we'll probably go to like a three-week base. Like, we'll aim for two, but it will be <laughs> probably It'll three. Be probably Especially with the holidays coming up. Yeah. So that's the current schedule plan. Ooh, we'll need um, to figure out our next holiday episode already. I know. <laughs> that's crazy. Luckily, Boston has a lot of... Uh... Remember we had the sexton. The what? The Charles Dickens, the Goblin, and the Sexton, and... Se- Sextant, yes. yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still getting over a cold. Sextin, Sextin, <laughs> all different words. Um, all sound very similar. They do sound very similar. Um, so as a random side note, so at work I always have like a... Like a, either like a riddle or a poll on the whiteboard because I got tired of doing trivia of every week you because do. I would always have to like triple check my sources <laughs> instead of like a normal person that's just like yeah here's a random fact um so this week was well last week was what is the worst Halloween candy see everyone's gonna say candy corn and you would be correct but I don't agree with that what would you say is the worst Halloween candy then I don't know now I have to think about it okay well as you think about it okay like you can't just put me on the spot there well, so it was based off a national poll for, like, some random candy company did in the the top two, I think, worst ones were candy corn, uh, circus peanuts. Oh, I like circus peanuts. What is wrong with I you? I know. My dad and I love them. But you have to squeeze the bag. You got to get the soft ones. I don't. I, I like them. Okay. I, all right. I like them, and that's okay. There's no fat. <laughs> I'm glad you're standing up on the table to be like, and that is all right. Like, I believe in myself, and I like circus peanuts, even though they are clearly and the worst And my dad and I will share them. <laughs> we shared this passion. But um, you gotta squeeze the bag. To find what? The, the soft ones. You don't want the hard ones. So the stale ones. Yeah. You need the soft ones. They need to be fresh. So they should all not be stale. Exactly. They should all be fresh. They should be, but they're not. Okay, so not only is it shitty Halloween candy, it's a shitty Halloween candy. Well, it's available all the time, first of all. Okay, but like the bags should all be either hard or soft. They should be. But, you know, convenience stores aren't known for (laughs) keeping up on their bag squeezing skills. It's the same batch. They should all be the same quality. I don't know that they're the same patch. I think that they just keep getting Maybe new shipments they, and putting them on. <laughs> the convenience store, like, sends them back after yeah. not being able to sell. They just, like, throw it back into exactly. the bin. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Disagree. So, yeah. Uh, Circus Peanuts was, I think, second. And I think the I like third them. worst was 
don't quote me on this, but it was either Tootsie Rolls or Smarties. I like both of those. I don't hate Smarties. Like I, I mean, I'm not going to be like, you know what I'm really craving? Yeah. A Smartie. But I, I like them. So for these polls, I always have like a write-in option. And because I work with a bunch of circus clowns at work, clearly. Who don't like circus peanuts. Uh, somebody put mayonnaise packets. It's not a Halloween candy. Thank you. Uh, somebody also put stuffed mushrooms. Again, not a candy. Uh, somebody put loose candy. Like, I don't know what it means. I'm assuming it's like loose women, but as candy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to, like, could runts be considered loose candy? I have no idea. Because they're all just mingling in there? I like don't a fruit know. Salad? This is the problem of having a whiteboard poll is people will just write things and then not explain. And then the last option somebody wrote in was apples with razor blades in them. Which again, I do not agree a candy. is not good, but A, not a candy, and B, who's actually doing that? <laughs> I don't know. I think that my least favorite candy is like the shitty, like chocolate that's wrapped in tinfoil that's in like the mesh bags that's like super cheap and chalky but they're usually in like the ghost shapes and stuff yeah that's the worst i'll eat candy corn over that gross chocolate that's like chalky and usually already turning a little white which it should not be yeah no there should be no bloom on your chocolate no yeah unless it's white chocolate but then there wouldn't be a bloom on it i know but i'm just saying it's okay (laughs) to have white if it's white chocolate it's okay to be white okay so agreed all right, so we can both agree that shitty novelty chocolate is the worst. Yeah. Okay. So the- and I just feel like candy corn gets a bad rap. And also, yeah, you really got me started here. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, you need to defend candy corn in the court of public law. I think that the pumpkin candy corns are far worse than the candy corn candy corns. Okay. Because the candy corn at least is, like, small and thin, and you, like, can bite through it, and it works out. But the pumpkin's just a lot. It's just a lot to eat. I mean, it's all, like, wax sugar. It is all wax sugar, but the shape, I think, does a lot. I feel like candy corn, you either have the nostalgia factor or you don't. Oh, it's absolutely all nostalgia. Yeah. All right. Well, what is so, your story about? <laughs> first, we have to do alcohol. All right, let's do alcohol. God. Okay. What have you been doing? Uh, I'm trying to find a way to get onto the story portion of this podcast. <laughs> I feel like I want alcohol, but I don't currently have any. Well, we'll start with the alcohol because the story has its own issues. Okay. <laughs> well, if we drink enough alcohol, it won't be an issue. I don't know that it will fix the issue. Could okay. make it worse. Um. So we... My story slash stories, depending on how this goes, okay, are based in the Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina area, because I went there last November, Yep, went to a vineyard, had wine, and was like, hey, I should do this. So we went to the Clower Family Vineyard, mm-hmm. which was founded in June of 2010 by Tam Clower, um, and... He was a graduate from North Carolina State University, and he majored in horticulture. I feel like you would love to major in horticulture. Horticulture's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, He developed an interest in winemaking from an elderly friend who was a home winemaker. The friend passed away, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. bequeathed all of the winemaking materials and everything to him, and he was like, 
Let's do this. This is great. Um, Tam just happened to have a, an 18-acre family farm, so where better to grow some grapes? And based on what was supposed to grow well in the area, he planted a bunch of vinifera and French hybrid grape varietals. Turns out those grapes did not do well. (laughs) Go figure. They fought mold and mildew like almost all the time. And their vineyard was plagued by pests and disease. So that didn't work well. Rough startings. After 12 years of trying to grow these grapes. 12 years. I would have given up a long time ago. Yep. Tam ended up just pulling up all the vines and worked with the North Carolina State University researchers to analyze his vineyard in the soil to figure out what would work Mm -hmm. there. Um, And he ended up planting muscadines, which is another variety of grape. And that's what they've been using. And it's thriving. And there's no pests or plagues. Plagues are bad. Plagues are are good. Um, So that's what they've been using for their grapes. They ultimately decided to house the vineyard and have it, the storefront kind of being a traditional red barn with a green tin roof, which is where we sampled the wines, nice. which is pretty cool. They always have a family member on site or a family friend on mm-hmm. site to give you the wine. So it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So we're going to be drinking. I don't know. What are we drinking? What are we drinking? I don't even remember. It's been almost a year. It's vintage. Eh. A Riesling. Ooh. And it's more like a German style Riesling, if I recall correctly. So, are not all Rieslings German style? The German style Rieslings are less sweet. Oh, okay. The American style Rieslings are the super sweet ones. The ones I hate. Exactly. Got it. So, I, if I memory serves me right, you should enjoy them. All right, so um, this is like a very nice pale golden color. So I guess it's like a, um, it's not as young as a wine. <laughs> you just make stuff up. <laughs> no, I took like a wine class and I was trying to remember what I learned. And so like, it's not the actual physical age of the wine. Yeah. It's like how it actually ages. Yeah. So, okay. I was a, like <laughs> a greener, a greener wine. Yes is younger and then a more yes. golden color accurate. is older. Cool. That's accurate. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with where this? Where are you going with this? <laughs> it smells good. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers. We're too far to clink. Yeah. All right. So the wine, it's very peary, I think. Definitely grape. Like white grape. <laughs> wow, this what? wine tastes like grape. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, lemon? Yeah, I guess. Almost pineapple? I would go more pineapple than lemon. Which is a weird thing to say about a white wine, I think. Not a sweeter wine. Mm. It almost has, like, a tropical note to it. It does, yeah. Like, pineapple, mango. Love me my mango. Nectarine. Yeah. (laughs) Which, nectarine's not a tropical food, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Like, very, not super sweet fruit forward, but definitely fruit forward. It tastes more like fruit than dessert. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this would be a really good sangria. Like, you could drink this for breakfast and call it a fruit salad. No, I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) (laughs) 
Unless you're saying that you got your grapes in for the day, but I wouldn't say that this is uh Okay. This is not a salad. <laughs> anyway, as a reminder, we have our rating system that we implemented fairly recently. Yep. Do you want to go from best to worst, worst to best? Let's go from worst to best. Okay, so at the bottom, if we really don't like it, we have a Clyde. Yep. Poor old Clyde. Fuck Clyde. If we don't really care for it, but it's not the worst thing we've ever had, it's a pinky. Mm-hmm. Middle tier, average, would mm-hmm. be inky. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, not the best. Blinky, mm-hmm. best thing I've ever had, Dr. Buttocks. Yes. Where would you rate this? Which was the third one again? Inky. I think this is Inky wearing a blinky costume. <laughs> <laughs> inky going as blinky for Halloween. Exactly. Like, it's like not- you'd like to have a bottle every once in a while and it's like a real treat, but it's not your... It's not like your go-to wine. Right. I'm not a huge white wine no, person. So, so that's what I had, okay? I'm critiquing what you got. <laughs> I'm just saying for my rating system, I'm not always such a white wine person. Not to say that I don't drink it, but I know that's to be true. Yes. <laughs> I've seen you drink enough white wine. <laughs> but if I had to pick a bottle of red or a bottle of white, I'd go with the red. But Especially this time of year. Yeah. There's like a, if I gave you this in July, it might be a different answer. There's almost like a slight tannic aftertaste. See, I like that. And I'm not a huge fan of anything tannic. So that's why. I don't like tannics that punch you in the mouth. Like it's a really good flavor. Yeah. Really good flavor. Definitely all those different fruits. It's a complex flavor. It lingers on your tongue for a while, but it's, it's not my favorite still. So it's, it's definitely not a three. Uh, It's not a full four. It's Inky wearing a costume. Exactly. I like it. Yep. I like it. I'd go with it. All right. I'd like it. <laughs> what about you? What do you think? Uh, I kind of like your description. Okay. I lean more toward, like, mm-hmm. more toward Blinky. Yeah. But I, I thoroughly, I wouldn't drink it all the time. No. It would be really great with peaches as the sangria. Yeah. Like a white peach sangria in the right. summer. Hell yes. Right. But... I think it's a nice wine that you can dress up or dress down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to drink this glass, so, like, <laughs> which has not happened with some of the things that we've brought That's on also here. true. There have been some things where we're like, mmm, one sip and we're good. We're all set there. <laughs> all set. Yeah. No, it's well done. It's not super sweet, which I find a lot of... Especially Rieslings. East Coast wines are. Yeah. Well, especially Northeast. Yeah. Colder is sweeter. Good job. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> I tasted them and picked it out myself. <laughs> thanks. All right. So what are we, uh, what, what treat do we have to pair with this today? So I kind of have the choose your own adventure because Ooh. North Carolina, they're like, we have a bunch of paranormal shit. And I'm like, great. Cause I have pair. I have some North Carolina <laughs> wine that I wanted to pair with your paranormal shit. And then I, like, started buying stories. I'm like, this is a cool legend. This is a cool haunting. But that was all they gave me. I couldn't find stories with any sort of back, any, like, anything to back it up. No, like, sightings. No experiences. They're just like, yeah. We this think happens. This, is, this happens. Right. We think this is why. And I'm like, cool. Can, can someone tell me what they've experienced? No. So I can give you a little snippet. Okay. One is a legend. Yeah. Why don't uh, you, how about, how about you give me, like, the shittiest, 
summary of which each of them are, and I'll choose based off the really shitty summary. Ooh, okay. One is the devil walking around in a circle. Okay. Devil got drunk, got... Yep. One is... A historical mystery. Okay. And one's just a real downer. Oh. Let's do... Drunk Devil. Okay. And Mystery. Okay. Alright. Alright, we can do that. Goodbye, Crybaby Lane. Maybe we'll do you some other day. Yeah, might as well save it. Which one do you want to do first? Um, let's do the devil. The devil. <laughs> we're not going to get into that again. <laughs> all right, so we're going to talk about the devil's tramping ground. Have you heard of that at all? No, I have not. So it's located in southern Chatham County, which is about an hour from the Clover Family Vineyard, so about an hour from Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Um, which really doesn't help me that much because I don't know that much about North Carolina. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, anyone listening from North Carolina will be like, ooh, I know ooh, that exactly I got that is. This. I got that. Okay. Um, the Devil's Tramping Ground is, it's a perfectly round, barren circle, about 40 feet in diameter, that's located in the woods. Yep. You can find it. You can go visit there. Okay. You can find it along North, here you go, North Carolina people. You can find it along North Carolina State Road um, 1100. Uh-huh. Um, they got real creative here. On Devil's Tramping Ground Road. Okay. I know. <laughs> it's located. <laughs> it's like, what are you looking for? I'm looking for the guy with the broken leg, you know, his house. Oh, yeah, you want to go down Broken Leg Lane. Yeah. Got it. Got okay. it. Great. Um, it's located 10 miles south of Siler City. Probably mm-hmm. saying that one wrong. Um, one website does mention that there's light hiking required to get to the location. Okay. Light hiking as in... You're going to walk through the woods, I'm assuming? Yeah. It literally just said there's some light... North Carolina style. There's going to be some light hiking. I don't know what that means. I don't think they're as rocky as... Well, there's the mountainsides, but it's not in the mountains, But it's not like Vermont mountains, I don't think. North Carolina mountains toward the west can be pretty intense. Okay. Also, fun fact, in my notes, it just says one website that (laughs) light hiking is required to get to the... That's it. That's it. That's where it stops. We got it. That's it. That's a wrap. Um, According to the lore, trees, flowers, weeds, or grass will not grow within the circle. So it's literally just this barren, like, 40-foot diameter circle, chilling in the middle of the woods. Sure. Um, Vegetation that's transplanted there dies. Hmm. Objects left within the circle before dusk will be moved outside by dawn. Dogs refuse to enter the circle and cower with their tail between their legs, and this includes hunting dogs. Hmm. <clears throat> Legend has it that men have tried to spend the night in the circle, but no one has succeeded and remained sane. Now, this is where I tried to find something. Right. In North Carolina, I was like, nah. <laughs> nah. Um, those who have tried to spend the night find themselves inexplicably outside the circle by dawn. Hmm. It said that this is the area where the devil walks at night, thinking of ways to bring human souls to damnation. He's just like, God, power walk in circles. Power walk in circles, and I'll come up with ways to just screw humans over. Yeah. Circle, circle, circle. Power walk. Right. I do that at work. Like, if I'm really angry at somebody, I'm going to go walk, like, on a long walk and be like, how am I going to fix this? Like... (laughs) 
Um, and it says that it said that the barrenness of the soil is because of the scorching heat from his cloven hoof prints, and that's what kills the vegetation. I don't really ever picture the devil having like hot feet. Hot feet. Like, what do you mean, like hot feet? Like, literally, it says the scorching heat of his cloven footprint, hoof prints. So it's saying that his hooves are like real hot, and that's what kills the soil. I never really imagined that. No, I mean, like, yeah, like all the fire imagery, like oh, right. Man. I mean, I guess they've like there's like also like folklore where like the if the devil touches you, he leaves his handprint on your shoulder or on your arm or you know whatever. So I guess there's like that burning aspect, but like at the same time, like the guy's not on fire, so why is he? Why is he hot? Why is he hot? <laughs> why what's <laughs> happened to him? He just dances so well. He's got hot toes. <laughs> Dance with my foot. Do, 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 do. <laughs> okay, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the mystery of the Devil's Tramping Ground actually dates back to the founding of Chatham County at the start of the Civil War. So that's where the legend came okay. about. Um, the Devil seems to have come to Chatham County with Scotch-Irish settlers that migrated there during the 18th century which the devil was a just a huge part of their culture like mm-hmm. all of their lore involved the devil um any strange or dangerous place would be named for the devil they're like oh i don't know where i am satan lane here we are <laughs> beelzebub place <laughs> <laughs> oh i got you on that one <laughs> it's just like the idea of like you really don't like this place, so you're just like, I'm going to name it after the devil. Like, you know what? I really don't like Margaret's house. That's the lair of Satan. <laughs> like, Satan Lane. <laughs> well, it's, it was so deeply ingrained. There's, there's actually a lot of places in North Carolina that still have names That's that really are named cool. after the devil. <laughs> such as Devil's Rock, yep. Devil's Courthouse, Seven Devils, Kill Devil Hills, Devil's Branch, Devil's Chimney, Devil's Nest, Four Devil's Elbows, Two Devil's Forks, Devil's Knob, and Devil's Tater Patch. <laughs> oh, that would be a fun one to end I on. I want Devil Tater Tots. <laughs> like, I want Tater Tots from this potato field. <laughs> I couldn't find anything if they grew potatoes. It's North Carolina tater. doesn't tell you anything. <laughs> They're so goddamn secretive. I don't understand. <laughs> Like, Virginia, we got our eye on you, and we're not telling you yeah. shit. You will not know our secrets. <laughs> stay away, devil, stay! Um, scientists, because, you know, I had to try and find something. Sure. I was like, what do scientists say about what this? What does science say? What does science say about the drunk devil circle? Right. Yeah. Um, they attribute the barren land to a naturally occurring salt lick. Um, okay. And apparently the site has also shrunk during the century, so it's now only, like, 20 feet in diameter. Okay. So like vegetation it's is starting to grow in it's like a circle. circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other theories about the plot of land is that it's the site of a battle between two rival tribes of American Indians, mm-hmm. and the blood of those killed in the battle soaked the ground so thoroughly that nothing could ever grow there again. Yeah, I call bullshit on that one. Okay. Blood is just a really good fertilizer. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. The the tribe that lost, yeah. that survived, those that survived, sure. fled 
are said to have fled to the Outer Banks. Yep. And they actually lead to the story of the Lost Colony of Roanoke. Oh. Which is my other story. Ah. I'll give you the history of the Lost City of Roanoke. I love Roanoke. Yes. All right, let's go. Okay, we can move right on if you want. I don't have to finish this story. I was like, Roanoke, let's go! <laughs> I'm ready for Roanoke! <laughs> um, another idea is that it's the site of a burial ground for an Indian chief, mm-hmm. and the gods keep the spot barren out of respect. Mm-hmm. Another real popular one, in my opinion, is it's the site of a UFO landing, and the radiation from the UFO's engines has permanently killed the ground. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, like, before you said that it the circle's been documented since the civil war i did think radiation like because that wouldn't make sense right. to me that there's a perfect circle like maybe something happened there maybe there's i don't know like natural uranium deposit something like that but i don't think it's aliens maybe i'm wrong I we don't know wrong. you know rewatching x files has taught me you just you gotta be you gotta put your brain out there like maybe it's true maybe it was the little aliens but I don't think it is. Um, most recently though, which I thought this was really interesting, yeah. a sign was posted near the circle renaming it as the Chatham County Vortex, and this claims the site as the anchor of a Magdalene crystal column of energy. What? Yeah, I I looked that up because I was like, what? Huh? <laughs> like I've heard like you know like the. The ley lines. Yeah. That, you know. So it's kind of similar to that. Okay. Um, it's a theory that proposes that the planet is surrounded by a web of divine ma-ray energy. How do you spell that? M-A. Yeah. Ray. Okay. Two words. Sure. Ma-ray. Sure. Like ma, where's ray? Yeah. Okay. Um, and that is an expression, because I was like, what's a ma-ray? Yeah. See, we have the same question. Exactly. <laughs> I tried real hard, dude. I like, I tried. Um, amare is an expression of divine feminine presence which kind of makes sense like <laughs> hey ma <laughs> um, anyway so the mare energy bundling the idea with early, earlier English traditions of Jesus traveling to the British Isles at some point in his life while also incorporating into the <laughs> mysticism based on different psychology and feminist readings of authorian Arthurian legend. Uh, I know, it's a lot. Jesus came to the America? Is that what I heard? British Isles, yeah. It's a theory. Again, we've been proved. So this is really just like, and that was like pretty much taken verbatim from NorthCarolinaGhost.com. Sure. Um, Which I kept digging because I was like, what are you saying, North Carolina? (laughs) What are you... Like, is it the wine? Like, am I going to understand this when I drink the wine? <laughs> um, it's a lot going on just to say that this is the first time the space is being associated with a positive power, which is kind of cool. People have been so afraid of it for so long, and now it's being associated with this positive energy. Well, I mean, like, the story of where the tribal chief died and the gods are keeping it out of respect. respect is not negative. No. So well, that's not the popular okay. opinion. Okay. Popular opinion is devil in his hot feet are walking around. The devil's dancing so goddamn much. He's going, he's tap dancing so hard that his toes are so on fire. He is the Michael Flatley of hell. Like, he's just going, he's going, you know, just going down. He's going down to Georgia. So, you know, he's he's got quite a bit to dance. It's quite a few miles. Anyway, so I tried real hard to find, like, encounters people have had, like, hauntings. Sure. 
North Carolina was like, nah, bro. I did find a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ethan Feinstein yep. went to this area in October of 1988. Sure. He was a journalist, or is. I don't know if he's still alive. I'm assuming so. I hope so. Ethan, I hope you're doing well. Um, Shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> he is skeptical of the legend, which, fair. Fair. You're, you're allowed to join our podcast. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, you know what? journalism sure he went and he pitched a tent in a circle and settled in for the night with his two dogs yeah like hey if i don't feel something maybe my dogs will tickle me to something yeah yeah, yeah. i'm skeptical you know if i was skeptical i'd be like dogs are supposed to be more, more tuned in. yeah also i'm in the middle of the woods having two dogs isn't a bad thing right um he managed to stay in the circle all night but he said he heard continual footsteps that were muffled based on his descriptions um, the dogs cowered the entire night, mm-hmm. and he just, he said he left, leaving that there was something in that space. Okay. So he just heard these muffled footsteps circling his tent all night. Never poked his head out, apparently. But again, if I heard muffled footsteps, I'd probably be like, not leaving my sleeping bag. I think what I would do is I would set a camera up on the outside, too. Um, Tumblr user, all the stuff I like... Yeah. Um, went with his Boy Scout group, um, and several Boy Scout groups have tried to camp in the circle and have woken up in their tent several miles away, hmm. which also seems odd to me. You know, that's the version of the story that I've heard. Uh, yeah. Um, some boys tried to stay awake in his, mm-hmm. in his group. Right. But claimed that a soft, melodic voice lulled them to sleep. And they, too, woke up several miles away. The devil's just a great entertainer. Like, I mean, not only gotta can the put devil on a show. play the fiddle. I mean, he's still lost. But he can play the fiddle. He can dance. He can sing. Like Triple threat. Right. Triple threat. Reddit user, Run You Clever, yeah. went to the tramping ground with two friends who had not heard of the location, aside from the short history she gave on the way there. Sure. Which, sure, like. <laughs> That's something I would do. Yeah, let's go. I don't know anything about this. Right. Um, one friend apparently didn't even have a cell phone on him to look up any additional information. So apparently these friends were like completely in the dark. Okay. Again, I, I was trying to find anything. So yeah. don't judge my stories. Um, friend one, because I don't have names. So mm-hmm. friend one took a selfie in front of the circle. Uh-huh. And friend two looked above friend one and yelled at everyone to start running. Okay. Friend two, by the way, was the one with no cell phone. Okay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Friend one was the one with no cell phone. Friend one was taking a selfie, but they didn't have a cell phone. Friend two, then. I got myself confused. Okay. (laughs) Friend two, the one who yelled at the friend taking the selfie and told everyone to run. Sure. Did not. So friend two... The entire time they were in the car driving to, like, a store just to, like, get somewhere with light and calm down, assuming they spooked themselves, refused to talk. Just would not say anything. Okay. And then they drove to a grocery store to just walk around for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he eventually told the other two that he saw a human-shaped figure with wings swoop down over the trees toward friend one. Oh, Mothman came. There you go. Yeah. That solves it. It's just Mothman walking around. Mothman. 
Um, well, I just came for a visit. You know, West Virginia is not that big. He's got to go somewhere else. You know, maybe he's migrating. You know, uh, <laughs> that's his migration pattern. <laughs> West Virginia got too cold. He went down to the Carolinas and he's heading towards uh, Florida, you know. Um, Reddit, the Reddit user has gone back three other times and has experienced nothing strange. Okay. So that's what I have on the devil's tramping ground. Sure. Okay. You're not right. excited about that one. <laughs> well, fine. I tried. You just want Roanoke. I, I do want Roanoke. I do like <laughs> Roanoke. It's one of America's oldest unsolved mysteries. Yep. Sir Walter Raleigh had received a charter of colonization from Queen Elizabeth I in the area of North America. The charter specified that Raleigh needed to establish a colony in North America or lose his right to colonization. Yep. So make it or break it moment. Right. It's the summer of 1587. Not like now. We're in the winter. It's sad. It's dark all the time. It's not winter yet. It's dark all the time. It might as well be. It's fall. Winter will come when winter's come. You know, winter is coming, but we are not A there group yet. of 115 English settlers um, arrived on the island off the coast of what is now North Carolina called Roanoke Island. Yep. Who knew that Roanoke Island would come into play with this story? It was a mystery. That was the actual mystery. <laughs> that was the mystery. That's we the end of the story. We're, we're done with the story. Okay. Um, the colonists were to establish a colony on Chesapeake Bay, mm-hmm. but they ordered to stop at Roanoke to pick up a small remainder of colonists from a previous expedition. When they arrived, they found nothing except a skeleton, which may have been the remains of one of the English garrisons. What is an English garrison? I thought a garrison was a fort. But okay. I guess not. No, that makes sense. The remains of a fort? Okay. That makes sense. All right. Yeah, so like an English fort, and they were found in, they're like, hey, we can settle here. Yeah, that makes I, sense. I think, I think a fort, like a garrison is a... Yeah, because then they did a search. See, I just oh, okay, have to read right, more right, of my right. notes. Okay, cool. Because right. I wrote this a long time ago. Because um, then they did a search of the grounds of the garrisons, and they didn't find anyone. The master pilot, Simon Fernandez, refused to let the colonists back onto the ship and insisted that they colonize on Roanoke. Because, like, we're here. Sure. There's ruins of a garrison, so... That's fine. Let's do that. Yeah. That sounds great. Recent evidence had proven that the decision to alter the Chesapeake Bay destination had already been agreed upon prior to their arrival at Roanoke. Yep. Which I did not know prior to this. Yeah, they would like be like, you have this land and you're there. That's it. Okay. Even though they didn't really know what was there. That's pretty straightforward. But we got it. This is the coastline. You get that spot. Done. Okay. I mean, you have it, so why leave it? Right, right. John White, the governor of the colony, tried to reestablish relations with the Croatans. Yep. Is that how you say it? Croatan, yeah. Okay. Um, Which was a Native American tribe. I really just don't want to butcher that name. (laughs) Just seems like a terrible thing. That's what I've always heard, so I think it's Croatan. Okay, so we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, which had been, they'd been badly severed through aggressions with the previous colonists. So they just were like down for the count. So they're like, Hey, let's be Mm -hmm. buds. Sure. That always works out. Yeah. Always. (laughs) The history of um, English and Native American, uh, you know, friendships are definitely, uh, you know, it's always worked out. It's always been really great. Some of we didn't have a lot of murder. 
Some of the natives who had fought with Ralph Lane, the leader of the other attempt at colonizing, just, like, flat out refused to meet with White. They're like, yo, didn't go well last time. Not this time, sir. Right. But eventually. Which, honestly, fair. Fair. I mean. Never worked out for them. I think I read an article that said, basically due to both, like, smallpox and all the diseases and just general shittiness from right (laughs) from the colonists that they actually changed the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere because so many people died my god yeah oh my god yeah okay feel free to insert with anything like that because i didn't find that much (laughs) um shortly after a colonist by the name of george was killed by a native while searching for crabs by himself poor george Mm. like i don't know george's last name also so okay that sucks um, later in the year, John White, governor of the colony, sailed back to England to gather new supplies and asked for assist- and ask for additional assistance. As White arrived back, a major naval war broke out between England and Spain. Yep. Queen Elizabeth I called on every available ship to fight in the Spanish Armada, which with the Spanish Armada, which became known as the Anglo-Saxon War. Yep. We won't get into all of that. Um, in 1590, when White finally returned to the island, he found no trace of the colony or its inhabitants, which included 90 men, 17 women, and 11 children, among whom included White's wife, daughter, and infant granddaughter, Virginia Dare, who was the first English child born in the Americas. Yep. Fun facts. So, he, so they, they, let me just kind of go over the timeline. So they, there was a failed settlement. They come here, they go to the same area. They set up camp. They stay there for about a little bit less than a year. Yep. Um, they run out of supplies. Yep. They send one guy back to yep. England. There's a war for about three years. Is yep. that correct? He can't get back home because there's a war with Spain. And so he has to travel back across the Atlantic. So we've got leaving North Carolina. Yep. Going to England, three years, traveling back to North Carolina, yep. and what do we find? Nothing. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Um, there are virtually no clues mm-hmm. apart from a wooden post with a side Croton. That's what we decide. Croton? Croton. Croton. Uh, yeah. We'll go with Croton. I just want to be consistent. Yeah. Okay. With a single word, Croton, carved into it. Croatan is the name of the island south of Roanoke, which was um, the home of the tribe of the Native Americans with the same name. Yeah. All of the fortifications had been dismantled, which meant that they had not departed in a hurry. So Mm -hmm. it's not like they were chased out or anything. Yeah. Otherwise, things would still be standing. Yeah. Um, Before he had left, White had instructed his colonists that if anything happened to them, they should carve a Maltese cross of a tree near into a tree nearby to indicate that their absence had been forced. But there was yep. no carving to be found anywhere that he looked. Yep. You're thinking real hard right now. I've heard some theories and I'm kind of going over which one I still think is true. Okay. So go ahead. All right. Um, he took this to mean that they had moved to the Croatan Island, but he never got the opportunity to search as a storm was forming and his men refused to go any further and they departed the next day. Yep. Which, like, really sucks for the people that were on that island. So, where did they go, though? They went back to England? Yeah. (laughs) So, you take, like, 
if I remember correctly, traveling in the Atlantic in that time period is about a three months journey. Yeah. Yep. So you go three months, you get to an island, you see that there's no people. You could investigate the island near you. You could set yeah. up anchor. You could stay overnight. Yeah. You could dock in any of the many bays in yeah. the area. But instead you're like, well, I guess there's nobody. So then you turn around and take another three month journey. Listen, back. it was a scary storm. Okay. Like, they wanted to beat it. (laughs) (laughs) Another, what's worse, is another 12 years went by before another expedition was formed to try and find what had happened to the colony. Yeah. Like, 12 years. These people are, like, donezo if, if, like, you left them. Like it's a 12 years on the other three years and six months, so. 15. Yeah. Um, so now we're in 1602. Yep. Samuel Mace was given orders by Sir Walter Raleigh to find out what had happened. Um, Raleigh guaranteed his, the sailors' wages and offered his own ship mm-hmm. to prevent them from getting distracted from privateering. So like, hey, sure, we'll pay you real well. Um, though he didn't want them to get distracted, he still wanted the trip to be profitable because all about that money. Um, So they landed the ship in the Outer Banks to gather aromatic woods and plants such as sassafras. By the time they finally turned their attention to finding the colonists, the weather had turned for the worse, and they were forced to retreat without even making it to Roanoke Island. (laughs) They give up real fast. By this time, Raleigh was arrested for treason and was unable to send out any further missions. (laughs) (laughs) These storms must have been epic. Like, they have a hurricane every week down there. Like, there's just no turning back. <laughs> there was one final expedition that to attempt to find the Roanoke colonists that took place in 1603, led by Bartholomew Gilbert. Their intended destination was Chesapeake Bay, but weather, <laughs> weather forced them to land in an unspecified location nearby. Mm-hmm. The landing team, including Gilbert, was killed by a group of Native Americans for unknown reasons, and the remaining crew were forced to return to England with no evidence. Hmm. They they really do just go back to England real fast. Yeah, they, like, tuck tail and You're turn right. quick. You're right. <laughs> I'm kind of annoyed with them. Once Jamestown was established, there were efforts to acquire information about Roanoke from another tribe. Mm-hmm. And according to the chronicler Samuel... Purchase, Perkess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Captain John Smith learned from Chief Powhatan mm-hmm. um, that he had personally conducted the slaughter of the Roanoke colonists just prior to the arrival of the Jamestown settlers because they were living with the Chespions who refused to merge with the Powhatans. Okay. The story was also confirmed by William Strachey, secretary of the Jamestown colony in 1610 to 1611. Uh-huh. So it's the basic history, basic outline. Yeah. A few hypotheses that I found. Feel free to share your own. Yeah. Um, Something that the colonists were killed or abducted by the Native American tribe of the same name. Mm -hmm. Um, No bodies have ever been found, though. Mm -hmm. Reexamination of the sources appear to show that the Powhatan was actually speaking of the 50 people left behind by the first Roanoke expedition and not the second colony. Mm -hmm. So they were talking about killing people, but it was like first time around. It was like from the first original fort. Exactly. Um, others think that the colonists attempted to sail back to England after they ran out of supplies, but they were lost at sea. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you're abandoned that many times, like, yeah, you gotta make a run for it yourself. Right. Um, 
Others think that the colonists may have met a bloody end with the Spaniards who ended up coming up from what's now Florida. Mm-hmm. Some think that they might have been welcomed by a friendly tribe who absorbed them into their ranks, which I like that one. That's a nice... Yeah, that's kind of the one I've always leaned to. Um, another theory is that a severe three-year drought, the worst in 800 years, could have forced them to leave or to perish. Mm-hmm. But again, they would have found bodies if they had died. Right. Um, but no one really knows for sure what happened. Yeah, so What's the reason I kind of discount the, like, they were killed by the Spaniards, they were killed by, like, this tribe, they were killed by, by bodies. There, there, there would are, be something. There would be bones on this island. There you would, would find something. Something. Um... It's quite possible that, like, I mean, not to, like, generalize things, but, like, the English kind of have, like, a, a weird history, like, when they were settling the Americas, like, oh, no, like, we're having a really bad time. Cannibalism is the answer. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know why, but, like, they've, like, uh, in Jamestown, they've kind of been, like, maybe there was some cannibalism, like, like it's a weird like habit they're like oh no we have no food because we are not farmers we bob farmers. <laughs> you know what Ugh, i really don't like that guy hey why don't you come over here and let's stand in front you want to come over for dinner by the way you are dinner yeah right uh yeah they have this really bad habit because they were literally not the, f- the first jamestown expedition like <laughs> right not it was it, i think it's a great example of what project management shouldn't look like <laughs> <laughs> like we're gonna go the wrong time of year with the wrong people with not enough supplies and we are going to be hostile to the people who already live there like, <laughs> just all very very bad ideas um so i kind of lean towards more that they i mean i'm sure quite a few people died like that's just right I think, statistics of forming a new colony in the new world um yeah, I, I think they probably either merged with a tribe or they went into the they went into the states and they either died in there or I think that they might have tried to return to England like on their own and perished at sea. Yeah, I think that one's likely too, but I I think But I think that they they left of their own, own will. Yeah. Yeah. What direction that was in I don't know. Right. I think I remember hearing that there was a story about, like, Native Americans and, like, who had, like, fair, like, blue eyes and, like... Yeah. There are some people who are, like, theorized that that was... Right. They came from... Right. I mean, it could also just be a genetic mutation. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean... (laughs) Like... Science. (laughs) Like... We're paranormal. We're not science. Yeah, I know. But I, I kind of le- I like the idea of like the, at least some of them managed to like figure out a way to live on the land. Yeah. And, like either merge with a tribe. I feel like some of them would have to have learned. Yeah. But going out to sea is also likely. Right. But I, I either way, I don't think a lot of them survived. I think like a few of them. Did. I agree. Yeah. Well, those are my stories for you. All right. Well, How was your adventure? It was a beautiful adventure, and I'm glad I got to choose it. <laughs> All right, so moving on. So we go up the coast into the top of the United States, and we go to Maine. Maine! Woo! Full of maniacs up there. So we are having um, Barron's Harbor Gin. So I went to Maine over the summer. I like the bottle. 
Yeah, it's a really nice bottle. It's very classic, classy and classic. Um, I went to Maine over the summer into the Camden area, which is about two hours outside, of, an hour or two hours outside of Portland. Okay. North? North. Okay. Yep. Uh, it's kind of like in between Portland and Acadia. Okay. Um, That's helpful to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we were walking around. We had just gone on like a little sailboat trip and... While we were on the boat, we saw all these people at a bar and we're like, let's go there. I like bars. <laughs> so we walked over to the other side of the harbor and there was this uh, gin tasting little booth. I like gin. So he was the guy who owns and operates it. He used to be a blueberry farmer. Um, I guess blueberries, the price of them have gone way down in the past. Really? Because they Which, still charge me a lot. Yeah. So I must think that like when you're selling it to whoever distributes it, they're somehow getting more of a cut. Bullshit. <laughs> Poor blueberry like, farmers. Wild Maine blueberries are still super expensive. They're still super. I'd rather the farmers get the money, though, if <laughs> right. I'm going to pay that much. So he decided to try a new outlet. So he has a uh, a brandy? It's, it might be a... I think it's a brandy. Um, made of distilled blueberries. I'm not a big brandy person, but that sounds interesting. Yeah. It might not be a brandy. I could be wrong on that. But um, very good. Very uh, good. Very... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very good. Um, you know how bad I am at tasting straight alcohol. So oh, yes, much, I do. So pretty much this entire time, I'm like looking at the guy who owns it and like taking a sip and be like, oh, it's so good. Kristen, like, who can drink like anything. You give her like a shot of, of gin. She's like, oh, God. She's like crying. She yeah. gets the sweat. It's, it's like I can't I can't handle the straight alcohol unless it's like a straight shot. Like if it's going down, it's going down. But I can't just to sip and it. Unless it's mixed with something. So um, he had, like, I think it was three types of gins. There was a navy style. I could be wrong on this. Wait, what style? A navy. Navy. I thought you said natick. And no. I was like, what's a, a natick? A natick style. I don't know what a navy style is either, but <laughs> um, I'm assuming that's a higher proof or something. Uh, it was either Plymouth or Plantation, and I think it was Plymouth style gin. And I'm not really doing this guy justice at all, because I'm just being like, uh, it was a gin and it tasted good. Um, so we are having the Harbor Gin, which is 42% alcohol and 84 proof. <laughs> Blue Baron Distillery. A Navy strength fleet arrives, blah, blah, blah. As the name hints, Navy strength gin is powerfully alcoholic expression <laughs> of the juniper informed spirit. Typically clocking in at 57% alcohol by volume. Regular London dry style gin typically ranges 40 to 45%. So yeah, it's a hefty. Yeah. And I think that was the first one I tried and I was just like, oh, fuck. That's a tough <laughs> one to start with because gin's not. Gin is. Not easy if you don't like easy. it. Gin, it's delicious. Like it's really good gin, but like I'm a baby and I can't handle it. That's true. <laughs> um, I didn't bring a spoon, so you can't try it straight, but. Unless you want to take a swig from the bottle. No, no, that's But, fine. um, this is basically Wait, the rest- is this the Navy strength that we're having? No, this is the Harbor Gin. Okay. So I think this, this is- This is more like London Dry, then. I think so. The 40 to 50% alcohol. Yeah, this is a 40. It's 84 proof, 42%. Okay. Um, so this was the cocktail that they were serving there. Um, it was delicious. Everything they made was delicious. Uh, their gin and tonics were fantastic. I like gin and tonics. So this is supposed to be in, like, a gimlet style. You know how to, like, make me happy. You're like, here's some gin. <laughs> and I'm like, here's okay. Gin. Um, so it is 
uh, I think it was called the Jenny Gimlet, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, it's mint, cucumber, lime, gin, and ice, and you're supposed to shake it in the Lime juice. It. Lime juice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're supposed to shake it and serve it in, like, a coupe, but we have it in a glass with ice, so. <laughs> we have a shaker. We could have shaken it. You know, this is fine, because it sat and it's distilled the alcohol a little bit. Listen, I have the whole bottle here. If you want I haven't to had more. a sip. Okay. All right. Well, I'm waiting. Bottoms up. Let's try it. Cheers. Cheers. That was real smooth. <laughs> That's good. Isn't that good? That is a straight up Dr. Buttocks right there. That is such a good. I, when I, the first time I had it, I was like, this is so good. I like that. For some reason, it reminds me of like this popsicle I used to have when I was a kid. And I have no idea why. The lime like really. Like, the lime really comes enhances out. Enhances the gin though. Yeah. Like, the gin doesn't go away. No. Yeah. But it's, like, not hard to drink the gin. Because there's, like, this is all alcohol. Like, let's... Oh, yeah. This is all alcohol. This is why I left the Can ice in there. Can you make me this all summer? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I hadn't learned about it in late August, I would have, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, they have some really interesting ingredients in it, which I don't see them listing on here. But, again wonderful place to go <laughs> Yum. walk up to the counter they had like six or seven types of drinks that you could try or you could just sample each of the gin um so we're going next summer hell yeah okay <laughs> i need to buy another bottle because this will be gone soon oh, yeah no obviously this is, this is good <laughs> right i'm usually not big on mint in my drinks yeah but i like this when you had like mint in there i was like mm. yeah mm. The cucumber subtle... Like, yeah, it, it chills it, it out. It chills it out. It enhances the juniper, but it doesn't make it just take like your... Like you have it really drink. just makes the gin better. Yeah. Which it's is what so a good cocktail <laughs> should do. It's so good! A good cocktail <laughs> shouldn't hide the alcohol. Yeah. It should enhance the alcohol. Yeah. So... Props to whoever created this drink. Right? And I was like watching them and I was like kind of like typing into my phone what they were doing and she's like here I'll just write the, the oh, recipe so for you nice. so she wrote it on the bag when we bought the gin and I was like you're so nice <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah wonderful wonderful drink and I love their gin so I'm gonna give it five out of five yeah it's definitely we can post I can post the recipe on Facebook yep <sighs> all right well Moving on. Oh, we have to do a story. We so. have to do a story. We can't just sit here and admire the drink. I mean, we could, but it would be really bad audio, I think. <laughs> Might not be a pleasant experience for our listeners. Where are you bringing me, Kristen? What, what adventure are we going on? We are sticking to the sea, and we are going to an island off the coast of Maine. Are we going under the sea? We're not going under the sea. Well, I mean, for a little portion, we're going under the sea, but we're not actually going under the sea. Oh, no, that sounds sea. sad. <laughs> Uh, we're going to the Kennebec River area of Maine, which okay. is... I wanted to go whitewater rafting there. So it's probably like Bath, Brunswick, Freeport. Okay, that area. I know. That area. Okay. Okay. But it's an island outside of all of that. Um, all right. Mopping up what you're spilling. <laughs> so it is... I'm the... swimming in your swimming pool. We are talking about You a... just ignore me. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about a haunted lighthouse. Oh, I like haunted lighthouses. And the fun part is you can stay there overnight. Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, it's okay. We'll we'll go to the lighthouse. We'll stay overnight. And then we'll go down to North Carolina. We'll stay inside the circle. I don't want to do either of those. 
I don't want to go camping. <laughs> we don't have to go camping. We can just stand there at night. Like, we'll sleep during the day and we'll stand there at night and see what we get. It's fun. It's called... I like, I like to sleep at It's night. called an investigation. God, now you want me to get scientific? <laughs> Listen, I have to outdance the devil, okay? I don't. <laughs> You've seen me dance. It's not pretty. All right, so... Tell me about this haunted lighthouse. This haunted house lighthouse is called Sagan I- Lighthouse. Sagan? Sagan. Sagan. Okay. S-E-G-U-I-N. Sagan. Like Tyler Sagan. That's spelled the same way. It's either Seguin or Sagan. What do you want to go with? I'm going with Sagan. Okay. <laughs> S-E-G-U-I-N. I think it's Sagan. Okay. All right. I'm not fighting you. <laughs> so, um, Maine has the second most lighthouse in the United States. The first one is? What? First, the state with the most lighthouses is? Not, for your guess? It's not Maine. It's not Maine. Maine has the second most. I don't know. Michigan. Michigan? Michigan. Because of Lake Michigan? Yeah. Because of all the Great Lakes. Um, never would have guessed Michigan. Well, it's Michigan. <laughs> Both history. How many lighthouses do they have? Uh, they've had in past and present and 150. And how many does Maine have or had? I think it was in the 70s. Or That's 80s. it? Yeah. Because, huh. like, I don't think Upper Maine was super populated for a while. It still isn't. Like, probably Nova Scotia area had more lighthouses, to be quite honest. Okay. All right. Um, So, in 1786, Maine petitioned Massachusetts in order to build the lighthouse, because back then, Maine was still a colony of Massachusetts. Okay. Um, I was like, that's weird. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Their approval doesn't get uh, go through until uh, 1795, uh, when George Washington approves the building of it. Okay. Uh, that same year, they build the first edition. Why did Washington line? have to approve it if it went through Massachusetts? Uh, because it was part of the United States at that point. So everything had to be approved by the president? Probably. Like, it was- <laughs> oh my god. Can you imagine that today? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think I know it was, it's different. Yeah. It was for, like, trading routes and, like, general defense, okay. right? Okay. Um, <laughs> just like picture that today. Like, like, well, the United States was a lot smaller than no, it. so I know, thirteen I know. colonies. Just like, <laughs> we want to build a lighthouse. Why are you bothering me? Um, so their first lighthouse keeper had an annual salary of one hundred and fifty dollars, which in seventeen seventy five, seventeen ninety five, ninety. That's good, right? Uh, that's pretty good from what I could tell. And like the only like salary basis I could compare to was in like the seventeen fifties. A, a school teacher would make $50 for a salary. And a lighthouse made was $150 a year. I think that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. I would take that deal. I mean, the problem is, is it doesn't convert equally. Like, today that would be like $4,000. So, like. Yeah, but what you could live on for $4,000. Like, a pistol costs three pounds. And, you know, right. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of calculations you have to do that we're not going to do. No. We'll leave that to people with good math and not us. That want to do that. Yeah. I don't. Um, 
what I found interesting was that the lighthouse didn't have a fog bell until 1837. So I have what? no idea how they alerted people that there was like an island when there was fog. Like, did they just like be like, watch out for our shit? Like, <laughs> Bob, watch Bob, out! look out. <laughs> ship coming in here like did they just shine a light but like in fog you can't tell where exactly it's where from. it's coming from because it just reflects everywhere even yelling wouldn't be helpful no so i don't know what they were doing before did they just have like a whistle and be like shh, shh you that's know? not helpful that's not helpful the entire point of a lighthouse <laughs> uh but apparently that bell was insufficient and they eventually replaced it to a, a either a larger one or a whistle oh lord <laughs> So, again, I don't know what they were doing for 40 years, just screaming at the top of their lungs. Uh, um, so the current tower that's on this island today was built in 1857 along with the current quarters. Um, in 1939, the Coast Guard takes over command of the lighthouse. Okay. Uh, soon after that is when the last civilian lightkeeper for the island leaves. So is it um, now manned by Coast Guard? It is automated by the Coast Guard. Okay. So no one mans the uh, lighthouse anymore. That makes sense. We're in 2019, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lighthouse was automated in 1977. No one wants to do that for $150 a year. No. I, I, <laughs> I highly doubt that they kept the salary $150 a year. Okay, 4000 So lighthouse, super quaint, New England style, you know, white tower. I think it has a red roof, if I remember the picture correctly. Um, It's also the tallest lighthouse in Maine because, well. I'm not quite sure if that was elevation or height, but maybe that's what helped them for 40 years. They were the <laughs> tallest. But here's the thing. So like when, like I said, when we took that sailboat tour in Camden, middle of August, it was a pretty sunny day. When we left the harbor and like it was a two, it was an hour and a half tour, I think. Basically, we just took a sailboat to the end of the harbor. Was it a three hour tour? It was not a three hour tour because we did come back. <laughs> Um, so, like, we went out and we, like, got to see, like, dolphins and we got to see a sunfish. (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A sunfish? Yeah. Um, they're basically giant fucking fish that don't do anything but roll with the tide and, like, slap the water. so lazy. (laughs) And they, I think they eat algae. That's the laziest fish I've ever met. Uh, I think their only defense is that they are so inedible that dolphins won't and like sharks won't eat them. They're so lazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Oh my god. There's a picture of someone like swimming next to it. Uh, adult sunfish are vulnerable. Thank you, Wikipedia. Uh, adult sunfish are vulnerable to few natural predators. Uh, sea lions, killer whales, and sharks will consume them along with humans. Um... EU bans the fishing of them. Oh my god, this one looks so derpy. They are incredibly stupid, from what I remember reading about them. Which, I mean, I'm not They're a... huge, though. Yeah, a thousand kilograms. Jesus. Um... Yeah, they're, they're basically... They just kind of go where the tide takes them, and... They're lazy. They eat. <laughs> and, like, don't get... Eaten. What do they give back to the ocean? I genuinely don't know. <laughs> what is your purpose, sunfish? Yeah, they can weigh up to 2.5 tons and weigh, uh, be as large as 11 feet. Oh my, I'd be terrified to see that in the ocean. So when we, they're omnivores. Hmm. 
Um, they live up to 10 years. Pretty good life. They have a around. vulnerable status, according to National Geographic. Yeah, but anyway, they're... they're Sorry, we got way off track. I know, there. it's okay. I think they're really interesting, but we got to see one. It was literally just like slapping the water, just like laying on the water top and just like slapping. Um, okay, so this area of Maine is obviously very rocky coast if you haven't been to the Maine area. Um, the island used to be um, very like thick woods. Apparently they like kind of burned most of the trees down to make way for the lighthouse. Um, so now if you kind of look at it, like the top is very barren. There's definitely rocks. There's a couple trees, not many, but you know, lighthouse. Okay. Right. Um, so apparently in this area, there's also like a story about a, uh, ghost pirate. Ooh. <laughs> um, pretty much the same plot as like, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. There's... So they stole it. I don't know. If, well, I think... I think that's a pirate, right? They don't exactly, like, <laughs> go to the bank and, like, take out their money deposit and sail around the ocean, right? Like, I think they're known they're for stealing. They're not law-abiding citizens? What? I know. Um, so they pretty much, uh, the story basically to drill it down to its bare bones. Um, pirate ship sank. Pirates died. Treasure sank. Pirates cursed. <laughs> And I just whacked the lamp almost over. Um, <laughs> pirates curse treasure. If you try to take treasure, you are cursed. Okay. That's so, pretty typical. Yeah. So there really life. wasn't much more than that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't get a pirate's name. I didn't get nothing. So that's why the story is. Were they from North Carolina? You know, maybe a lot of pirates out there. They don't like to tell you anything down there. Mm-mm. So. Haunted lighthouse, gruesome murder. Ooh. <laughs> Do tell. Right. So, the story goes, a new innkeeper and his brand new wife move to the island. Um, the island's pretty remote, as most lighthouses are. Okay. Um, apparently the wife, you know, expecting, you know, still in the honeymoon stage of life, you know, we're going to go on an island. It's going to be so romantic. It'll just be the two of us. I will us. have to work a day <laughs> in my life. Like, we're just going to basically be on the island and, like, look for out for boats. Like, I mean, I don't think there's much more you do other than maybe, like, chart the tides and oh, you see fish and shit like that. Um, so apparently she got quite bored. So the husband went and bought her a piano. Okay. So Good husband. Piano. Yeah. He brought the piano to the island and, you know, depending on which story you read, she's extremely, in, you know, enthusiastic. She loves the piano. She immediately starts playing it. Uh, the problem is she only knows one song. <laughs> oh, my so God. She starts playing the piano. What song? It didn't say what oh. song. Maybe it was like Yankee Doodle Dandy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just assuming you still hear the piano playing. Obviously, it's a haunted lighthouse with a piano. Of course, you hear the piano. Well, then what song's playing? <laughs> I don't know what song's playing. It doesn't say. Well, if it's the one that's always playing, someone should know the song. Maybe it's just like, dun, 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 dun. Like, maybe that's just the song. Maybe it was two it's notes. It's just two chords. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
That's it. It's just da, na, 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 na. over and over again. Maybe she made up her own song. I don't know. Maybe she was a composer and she only could write one song. Don't okay. judge. Okay. Anyway, so she writes. Uh, she writes. She plays one song. Apparently, it's a very monotonous song, and it, she plays it over and over and over and over and over and over. I mean, over. he did get her the piano. And over and over and over again. He did get her the piano. He did. Uh, I think this is going somewhere good. Yeah, I think that this, is, this is really going to help their love yeah, life. Yeah, I definitely said grisly murder, we were going to have a happy ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No? So, after being playing the same song over and over and over and over and over and over again, the man is driven to madness, takes an axe, destroys you the You gotta piano. use an axe! That's oh, for said. the piano. Okay. He doesn't turn it on her, though, does he? Of course he does. <laughs> he murders her. He butchers her. Blood is everywhere. And then he takes the axe to himself and murders himself. Oh, that's the worst part of this story. <laughs> is it the worst part is he killed himself? With an axe. Yeah, I, I was kind of trying to think of, like, how do you do that? Do you just, like, go for the, like... Yeah, like, that's... Head? Like, do you just, like... That's rough. You, like, gotta be committed to that. You can't second-guess anything. No, because, like, traditionally, I don't think an axe is, like, super sharp either. Right. No, it's it, blunt it's force. It's about the blunt force. Yeah. That's the worst part of the story. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry she died, but... <laughs> the piano's the worst part! No. Um, yeah, so he destroys the piano. I guess the commitment to doing that. He murders is... his wife. He kills himself. Uh, the story goes is that the, the bodies aren't found for a while. <laughs> and uh yeah uh apparently on quiet nights you can hear this melody playing from the island when and who found the bodies that part is not in the, any of the stories <laughs> just a while just a while apparently on this island there is also a ghost of either a young woman or a little girl it was kind of vague on i prefer young age. women um, Children ghosts terrify me. And she's seen running up and down the stairs. Okay. Um, apparently, uh, there's a story from a Coast Guard warrant officer. Um, during when they were automating the island, they took a lot of the stuff on the island off to the mainland. Okay. Um, that makes sense. So they stayed overnight in the quarters, but they were like boxing everything up and getting ready to ship it out. And uh, the story goes is that this Coast Guard officer is sleeping, and in the middle of the night, he feels his bed shaking. Oh my god. (laughs) And he wakes up, and there is a man. What? Standing in oilskins. Oilskins? You should have known I was going to ask what that was. (laughs) I assumed it meant, like, waiters or, like... Yeah, like waterproof garments. Okay. Uh, Standing in oil skins, uh, shouting in, like, moaning tones, don't take the furniture, please leave my home alone. No! (laughs) I don't like that! (laughs) It's kind of like the beginning of Beetlejuice, right? I don't like Beetlejuice either. We don't want you redecorating our house. Like, leave our shit alone. Uh, But it's not your house anymore. So that that's basically the stories is uh like I said it's kind of a short one but the uh murder of the wife yeah murder suicide um some random ass 
girl is running down this hallway and laughing Who is and this giggling. Girl? I don't know. There's literally no story except that people hear her giggling and laughing at night. Um. Oh, apparently there's a story. <laughs> I didn't read my own writing. There's a story that <laughs> uh, apparently a young girl died on the island and her parents buried her uh, near the oh lighthouse. So maybe it's her spirit. Sad. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't remember. I didn't remember that part. But yeah, so uh, not a lot of great things on the island. But if you make a donation to the Lighthouse Foundation, you can stay overnight. Why do you always give us such downers? <laughs> I'm just drawn to the macabre, I guess. I just... I mean, there's not a lot of, like, Casper the Friendly Ghost hauntings. I feel like mine are usually fun. Oh, yeah, Roanoke, the murder of all these colonists. Yeah, but I also had the devil in his hot feet. That's true. You did have Michael Flatley. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I had (laughs) murder-suicide. Yours are always (laughs) always just so sad, and then I'm like, I don't know what to do with this now. Like, how do I wrap this up? Um, Yeah, I always end on a downer, huh? Can you, like, try and change that? The stupid sunfish. What about the sunfish? (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) So you got to end on the sunfish. That's the thing. You introduced the sunfish too early. I did introduce the sunfish too early in my story. But I don't think I even finished that story on why I was talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, what I was trying to say is when we were on the sailboat, there was a, um, we went out to to the edge of the harbor and when we were turning around. A, a fog bank rolled in, imme- like had rolled in immediately over the mountain. There's like what? A, a little mountain hill yeah. on the edge of the harbor. Rolled over the mountain, completely blanketed the harbor in like minutes, and like you could see nothing. That's crazy. Yeah, I have some pretty cool pictures from it where like there's the sailboat where we're on. Yeah, and you can see like an old fashioned schooner in the distance, yeah. shrouded by fog. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> but um. So we're trying to make it back into the harbor and like, you know, we're going dee, dee, like we're a sailboat. Don't hit us. This like fucking power, like <gasps> mower bo- motorboat is just like booking it. And like, like you could just see it like all of a sudden, like maybe a hundred feet now, <coughs> maybe hundred, 200 feet out in the distance. There's a fucking boat coming straight at us and we have a sailboat and very little wind. And we're like, uh, <laughs> like, uh. I mean, luckily, the guy who's captaining the right. boat had radar and, like, could see that this boat was coming. And he was like, we're, we're fine. Like, we're not panicking. Um, but they, like, very close to us had to stop and, like, oh my chill out. God. Oh, my God. But, like, that was modern radar with modern sounds. Right. What the shit were these people doing with this lighthouse that didn't have a fog bell until the 1830s? <laughs> I don't even. When you can have this mammoth amount of fog during the bright sunny day right let alone a cloudy day right or night oh my god (laughs) very not good oh my god yeah so very cute little lighthouse uh murder (laughs) shall we move to gratitude corner yeah gratitude corner um what am i thankful for this week i just love my puppy so much that's mine. He is adorable. He's, I'll probably be mine quite a bit. I love my puppy. I wish he'd stop chasing my cat, but we're getting there. <laughs> um, uh, 
this is gonna sound sad but i had a really good latte today <laughs> no good latte yeah is never something to be sad about it's at the coffee bar at work and they call it the basic basic and it's a vanilla latte with like vanilla bitters and like i think vanilla sugar in it and it just hit the spot on your it was a fantastic thursday latte. morning yeah you know what that is sometimes the little things that you gotta yeah. have in grateful corner and a half price cookie half what kind of cookie chocolate chip <laughs> one of my faculties are is carolyn she's a baker yeah so she graces us with her baked goods quite Ooh. often and today she brought in don't remember what they're called but they're like super thin essentially ginger snaps but like super spicy they were like super spicy they're swedish oh okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um pepper yeah 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 it's not peppercorn. It's uh <laughs> peppercorn? Uh I remember it sounded inappropriate. <laughs> Peppercocker. Yeah. Which is probably butchering it beyond recognition, but, but it's pepper- It was delicious. Peppercocker. And she made she made them in little shapes of leaves. Oh, that's cute. One of my coworkers made me a sugar cookie, which is super nice. He did it to bribe us, I'm pretty sure. But um it was a a little sugar cookie in the shape of like a sheep and it had decorated like a little sheep too it was super cute oh i was like it was so good and he's like yes and now can you please help me like this and i'm like there's always something there's always something but you always ask so nicely that i can't say no yeah (laughs) i've been i've been having a week at work and caroline knew that so caroline made made the cookies and specifically made sure i was gonna be in on the day she brought them in so it was shout out to carolyn another gratitude corner <laughs> carolyn the, the cookies were delicious yeah even sure. though i'm kind of sad the holidays are coming up so soon like that is the nice part is just all the fucking cookies i can't wait and cupcakes you're, you're into cupcakes again that is true i did promise cupcakes so once that on happens, October 26th, specifically. October 26th, there will be cupcakes yes! of some sign of some kind. I don't know which one. Yet. I know better than to ask what you're going you to get. Ask me. <laughs> this is kind of a running joke between us because <laughs> I used to make cupcakes a lot back in like college and I kind of stopped now. So she's kind of guilting me into making cupcakes again because um, she got in the tail end of that, that wave. That was but sad. Um, <laughs> I would always make like i'd say hey i'm gonna make cupcakes like what kind of flavor do you like and she'd say like oh i love strawberry or like whatever peanut butter chocolate doesn't matter or what it was and i would never make it i would always make something completely different like one time i made margarita cupcakes they're delicious <laughs> uh i think i made the maple bacon for you one time yep yep the margarita cupcakes though i double fisted that was one of my birthdays yep that was the birthday you said you were gonna make the chocolate caramel though so you were way off base <laughs> It's always that I never buy the ingredients, and then I'm like, what do I have in the house? And it was champagne I mean, and strawberries. they're always delicious, and I always eat them, and I'm yeah. always happy. So I'm not complaining by any means. No, I know it's not a complaint, I, but it's I just like, know better than to be, you're always like, what do you want? I'm like, it doesn't matter what I want. <laughs> you're not going to make it. It's it's kind of sadly true. Like I, I stand a better chance of getting what I want if I don't tell you what I want. I know. I am kind of gunning towards making the chocolate ones this year because I haven't made them in at least four or five years. So good. But you haven't made cupcakes <laughs> in a while. I haven't because I've been like, oh, I'm like going to eat healthy and like cupcakes are not eating healthy. <laughs> Boo. Anyway, should I close this out with where you can find us? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We are currently on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Are we 
doing anything new soon? This one, we should be going into Spotify, but I can't guarantee it. Okay. Spotify will be coming soon. Maybe this one. Maybe a future one. We'll all be surprised together. Uh, <laughs> um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Saucy Spirits the Podcast. On Twitter at Saucy Spirits Pod. And if you have any feedback or you want to get in touch with us or anything at all, we have a Gmail, Saucy Spirits the Podcast at gmail.com. Look, I did that without butchering one of them. I always mess up one of them. I know. You did a really good job. Thank you. <laughs> not bad for not having said it in months. I think it's the gin. Probably. Gin, gin really gin brings is, out the best in me. The gin is just so goddamn good. Brings out the best in me. <laughs> all right. Well, we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening, and we'll hope to see you soon. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.